Good morning again, church. What a beautiful day outside. The Lord's given us to enjoy. And a day together as church family. So glad you chose to be here. And uh, just uh, just a couple of reminders. I appreciate the JT reminding us of the 40 days of prayer. It's so important. I think sometimes we forget the power that exists in speaking to God. But just think about it. When you're praying, and I love it when, I, when I'm praying for someone, I tell them, look, I just said your name out loud to the creator of the universe. What, what a great thing. Well, we are uh, we're honored to, uh, to be here today together as a family to celebrate. Uh, our live stream folks, welcome. So glad you're here from all over the country. I've already met several visitors here today in this room as well as our uh, uh, other room where worship's going on and uh, service there. Guys, uh, welcome. Uh, welcome home, as we like to say. We're forever family. So we have a special treat uh, today. Uh, Phil, we talked him into coming across the river uh, over here to preach for us today. So Phil, come on up, brother, and I want to say a prayer over you, and, and uh, we'll let you uh, get after it, all right? I first met this man in 1976 when he was uh, teaching and preaching, uh, or teaching here at the OCS had just started, and uh, through a very good mutual friend, old Gary Stevenson. And uh, so to have watched how the Lord has used you is a great honor. It's a great honor to serve with you as a shepherd, uh, and I appreciate your willingness just to preach the good news, Phil. Amen. Father, thank you for my brother. Watch over him, take care of him, uh, appreciate his boldness in sharing the good news of Jesus and his love for people. Uh, thank you, Father, for allowing him uh, to be a shepherd of this family. And, Father, we just ask your blessings upon his words that he shares from your word today. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said, Amen. Amen. Kind of like coming home. I haven't been hanging around your way. Went across to university. The SWAT man, SWAT team, police. He said, Robinson, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but we've arrested about two-thirds of your congregation. I said, we're here to help, to help y'all's job, be a little nicer, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Change the way you roll, because the kingdom is near. One hundred in my concordance, NIV. 133 times the kingdom is mentioned. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's near. It's near. Get ready because duck season is near. Yeah, that's it. 
the powers that be are talking about a couple of thousand years in the future or more. I'm like, they said it was near. So you start out. Satan, someone coming out of a woman is going to crush you sometime in the future. The seed of a woman is going to crush you. Well, that has to mean he's a human being. So the weight was about 5,300 years by my count. You can research it yourself. Come up with your own. I've got it around from creation to Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus is coming. Say what? Who's that? He's coming. Little Mary, an angel, appears and says, uh, I know this is going to rock your world, honey, but you're going to be, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a baby. She's like, how can this be? I'm a virgin. Luke recorded, that's okay. With God, everything is possible, anything. And you got your kinfolks over there, Mary, Elizabeth. Her her man is pretty well worn out, and so is she. Uh, She's six months pregnant right now. Just so you know, Gabriel, number one angel, telling this young girl, with God, nothing is impossible. I will remind you, it took a... Any way you want to slice it, a mighty, miraculous event to get the seed of a woman of Genesis 3.15 coming out of a young girl 5,300 years later. You talk about a miracle. Ovary, sperm, sex, out. I'll go around that, God said. Not needed. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Explain that one. And there you have the seed of a woman who will crush Satan. Jesus talking about himself. Because nobody knows who he is. They've been hollering about him coming for 5,000 years. Nobody knows who they're talking about. The son of a carpenter who came out of a young girl with no sex involved, and he's standing there walking around talking. You have to believe in the supernatural to get out of here alive. Right? You say, that was supernatural. Uh, Yeah. Well, nothing exploded to get the cosmos here. And salt water made 
Jesus and me and you. Salt water made us. I'm like, salt water made us? Are you serious? How? <laughs> you have to believe in miracles to be an atheist. If you got coming from a slime out in the ocean, that's supernatural. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, and he could have said, and the end of the beginning. You're like, who in the world was that? In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets many times and in various ways. 5,000 years worth, at least. But in these last days, I have old writings, 2,000 years old, that say we're in the last days. I'm 75. I'm running out of time. And so are you. Right? There's a six-foot hole waiting on every one of you and me. This is a one-shot deal, winner-take-all. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Finally, Jesus shows up and no one knows who he is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Whom he appointed Jesus, heir of all things, through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, that he said over and over and over, that's why I came. After he provided purification for sins, took all your sins away. I was 28. I had a lot of sins. He removed all those. The sins I've committed since I've been 28, now I'm 75. <laughs> that quick. He took all those away, too not counted against me. After he did all that, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He went back to where he came from, didn't stay but 33, 34 years at the most. That's not long in history. 33, 34 years? You're like, who in the world was that? So you get to Matthew. You say, what are we talking about today? That was just a prelude. This thing could go on for hours. I don't have any notes. You say, why? I'm not smart enough to have a bunch of notes. I characterize myself as a C-plus man. Some may beg to differ and say I'm far worse than a C-plus. Possible. A few say a little higher than that, Miss K. 
Miss Kay, a one-woman wrecking crew. She stove up with her right leg held higher than her body. So she's in a chair. I said, Miss Kay, I noticed something. When you were 15, baby, when I was running with you, we were teenagers. You were quiet. You didn't say much of anything. I said, you're in your 70s now, and you're tearing the hide off your legs, and I can't shut you up. All oh, the, 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 the wagers of time. Here's Jesus. Been waiting on him 5,000 years. Waiting on him. Isaiah said it. Who's believed their message? He's a man of sorrows, like a root out of diagon. People just hated his guts. That's what Isaiah was saying, Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our infirmities. He was pierced for our transgressions 700 years before it happens. And Isaiah is telling you that everybody is, hates Jesus. You talk about a tough row to hold. He comes out of a woman, miraculously speaking. And look, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know what it starts out saying? Where he came from, who he was. Everybody said, who is that? One of his own disciples, Nathaniel, he said, well, Nazareth? We think we found the Messiah. Hey, hey, old Philip was telling him, we think we found the Messiah. And he said, who is it? He, he's the, the, man, the Nazarene from Nazareth. Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's a tough sale to claim you're God and you're walking around in a human body. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples halfway through the book of Matthew. He's been talking about the kingdom of God, how you should behave, the bad yeast of the most religious people on earth. They're after him. They're planning ways, plotting ways to kill him. He's up against a hard sell. Who do they say the Son of Man is in the middle of Matthew? Who do they say I am? Listen to the list and you'll kind of get the point. Savior of the world is not one of them. I can guarantee you that. He hasn't said, and it's been 16 chapters in Matthew, he's not said what he's going to do. He's too busy arguing with them about who he is. Who do they say I am? They replied, his disciples, some say John the Baptist. Wrong. Others say Elijah. Wrong again. Still others, Jeremiah. Wrong. Or maybe one of the other prophets. I mean, they're saying you're all kind of people. He said, what about you? You've been running with me. 
we fed those 5,000. That, was that grub coming out of there or what? You can't create matter. can't be created or destroyed, but I was creating a lot of matter, fish and bread. Thousands of pounds of it. Y'all saw that, didn't you? Yeah, we saw it. What about Peter when I walked on water? What did you think? Never seen anything like it. So who do you say I am, Peter? Simon answered, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Two things are fixing to happen here. Uh, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This wasn't revealed to you, my man, but my Father in heaven. I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, what you just said, I am who I say I am, the God of heaven, the Messiah. On this rock, I will build my church. I'm talking to it 2,000 years later. It's a blast to talk to you. Stand firm. If you're into mischief and no good, repent and get out of that crap. Move back to Jesus. Don't lose your soul over this. If he's not going to the one to get you out of here, you're not getting out of here. You got some other story you want to lay on me? I'll be around a few minutes. What's your story? Who has the best story? I asked Corona, the atheist. He thought a minute, good guy, but he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe Jesus or anything else about him. I said, who has the best story, Corona? Is your story better than mine? As far as your life is concerned, you're going six feet deep, dude. He said, he thought a minute, he said, you have the best story. I wish I could believe in that so I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I said, make sure you come to the light before you get in the tunnel. It'll be too late, Corona. He was looking at me. He said, well, I wish I had what you had, Robson, but I don't know. I said, what's it take? I'm trying to, con-. he said, it's almost like you're trying to convert me. I said, yeah. He said, come on, man, Jonas. I'm just telling you, all of you, if this is not true, I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven given to a commercial fisherman. No charge. Made a lot of mistakes, as you're fixing to see. He overlooked them all and said, you're going to unlock the door to the kingdom, Peter. An old river rat fisherman like you. You can't make this stuff up. From that time on, now I'm finally to our lesson today. Think about it if I'd had notes. This is just redundancy like you've never heard before. From that time on. That means from that very time when he said, I'm going to build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Peter, I'm going to give you keys to it to open the gate to get people in. So you follow the story. 
And you get into the day that happened in the book of Acts, Acts 1 and 2. But I want you to remember this. From that time on, Matthew 16, 21, big, big change. The God of heaven is finally going to reveal what he's going to do. He began to explain to his disciples that he not should go, not ought to go, that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders. The most religious people on the face of the earth and he's going to suffer because of them. Religious people can turn mean in a heartbeat. The elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, hateful, cunning, brutal, surely not a bunch of law keepers. What the? You better watch how you roll. Be careful about being judgmental. He must suffer many things that the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, that he must be killed. I came to die for y'all. That's his story. I must die. It took that much to save our sorry hides. There's not a one of you who's sitting there who hasn't sinned a lot. Well, I haven't sinned that much. Let's sit down. Let's add them up. I must do this. And on the third day I must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Peter, the one holding the keys to the kingdom of God, took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. So that's Matthew 16. I turned one page. Why would I need a note? I turned the page then. Now I'm looking at Matthew 17. When they came together in Galilee, he, Jesus, said to them, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. Oh, no. You're not going to do that. Wait a minute. Saw the miracles. And they're going to follow him all the way to see him hanging there all mutilated and thorns on him and blood coming out of him. People ramming him with spears. Take that. So I'm Matthew 17, Matthew 18, Matthew 20. Well, what do you know? We're going up to Jerusalem. Now I'm in Matthew 20. Three chapters beyond chapter 16. I'm going to die, be buried, raised from the dead. Now it's chapter 20. We're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles and Roman soldiers with all the spears. The killers. 
They'll turn them over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. What a price to pay for our sorry hides. The high price paid. How come they don't come in the droves? You can get out of here alive. You can be forgiven of every rotten, filthy thing you've ever done. What are you? is your hold up? You talking to me? I got a crystal meth to take in. I'm going to get out. These rehabs can't save you. They can't save you. Didn't help you get on your feet if you'd slip around and not they don't catch you, get you back into your pocket with the drug. Over and over and over and over. That's what the way they treated Jesus. He's going to be mocked and flogged and crucified on the third day. He'll be raised to life, and that's exactly as Matthew, you read to get to the end of it. I'm speeding things up here. You say, what happened? Jesus died. Jesus arrested. That's Matthew uh, 26. Matthew 27. Jesus before Pilate. The soldiers mocked Jesus. That's what he said they'd do. The crucifixion. That's what he said he would do. He's re- the death of Jesus. The burial of Jesus. I'm in the book of Matthew. What Matthew recorded Jesus saying has come true. Here he is, the resurrection. Now he's a resurrected human being and a God at the same time. He's standing there. He said, i got all the authority in heaven and on earth. Did you all see what I just did? They're like, my Lord and my God. I mean, you beat him. They killed you in your back. That was better than walking on water. That was a feat, Lord. With God, all things are possible. Remember Mary? Now he's, he's whipped death so that you could say, I can get out of here alive. I can make it. I can get out of here alive. The doctors can't do it. Maybe make sure you take plenty of medicine, take your tablets and take your pills, and make sure you take double handfuls of them because it's going to take a lot to keep you here from death. But don't worry about this Jesus thing. You're not getting out of here unless you're facing Jesus, and you're going to die, right? You can go like, I'm going to die, or you can say, I'm not going to die. Some dude told me one time, I'm not going to die. Don't put that on me. I said, you're going to die. He said, no, I'm not. Ain't nobody going to put that on me. you telling me I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. I said, I'm telling you, you're going to die, and you need to face up to it and turn to Jesus because he'd save you. He can resurrect your body from the ground because you're going to die. You need that. He argued with me and argued with me. He left, slammed the door and said, you ain't nobody telling me I'm going to die. Two months later, the guy that brought that dude called me up. He said, you know the guy that wasn't ever going to die? I said, I remember him. He just did. I said, how long did God give him? Two months. Then I felt bad about not pressing him more. 
But dude, come on. Go make disciples because I got all the authority in heaven. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We do. On the spot. There was a dude walking with my dog four days ago. I'm coming toward my house. It's a locked gate. I see a vehicle parked there, and I see a dude about two or 300 yards this side of it walking my dog. I said, what are you doing with that dog? He said, I was just taking a walk with Bobo. I said, how do you know the name of my dog? i never seen you before. Where are you from? I'm from North Dakota. I said, North Dakota, just a man walking my dog. Why would I be wondering what you're up to? He said, I've never been water immersed. I said, you've never been water immersed. Why don't you get your pastor to do that for you? He said, I had it already. But it didn't happen. I said, walk on down there and get your car and get behind my truck. We'll fix that for you today. He said, where did he come from? North Dakota. He drove 1,000 miles to let me know he had never been immersed in water. Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations. And you could say, I guess, and all the states and nations. You have baptism. Mark, that's Matthew, Mark, in the beginning, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, opening line. You say, what did Mark record? Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. What did Luke say? Luke said, Jesus said, I'm going to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. I underlined every time Jesus said, I'm going to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. And he did die. He was buried. And he was raised from the dead. Matthew said it. Mark said it. Luke said it. John said it. If they all four said it, why would you put four people write the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over? Why would you do that? So you can't miss it. You can't miss it. I'm here just to quote to you what they did. The four stories are exactly alike. Jesus came, shows up out of a virgin, and dies for the sins of the world, was buried and raised from the dead. You finally get over there, Paul, to the Corinthians. He said, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, what Jesus did while he was here. I want to remind you of that, which you received and which you've taken your stand. I receive it, I believe it, I stand on it, and you better hold on to it, the word I preach to you, otherwise you believe in vain. It's of first importance. Nothing else is as important as what you just heard today. First importance, that Jesus died according to the Scriptures, that he was buried according to the Scriptures. And he was raised from the dead after three days. And many saw him. Then he talks about Paul to the Corinthians. 
the church explains to them the resurrection, you better believe in it. How come some of you saying there's no resurrection? Are you nuts? And then he talked about the kingdom. When Jesus returns, that's what we're waiting on today. I'm about done here, but it's short of water. You say, so if you're visiting, please, if you're saved, please don't say to me, yeah, Phil, I've already heard that. And I've already really believe, I already really believe that. I'm happy for you. But there may be somebody here who has not heard it. You want to get out alive? So when you hear something, you say, I already know that. Move on to something else. I want some deeper truths of the Bible. When your sins are removed and God is there and you're a spirit-filled person and the goodness of the Spirit is working in you and you're guaranteed to be raised from the dead, that's as deep as you need to dig. Right? So, Father, I ask the ones who heard this, maybe there's one that never put it all together. In Romans 6, or after he said, I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel in Romans 1 and 2 and 3. By the time he gets to Romans 6, he comes up with a mighty argument, Father. He presents a case where we die. We're buried, and we're raised, which is incredible. How in the world? How do we end up following Jesus? What would you say? Do you believe it? That he died for you, was buried and raised from the dead? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, have you repented to change your ways and made Jesus Lord? If you do, then he allows you to die to sin because he died for sin and he allowed you to be buried in a pool of water instead of the real thing and three days later how he was raised you're raised from the dead so we end up doing the same thing the Lord did and a lot of them wonder about that today is just a little short few statements elaborating on that. Father, you helped us greatly. You kept it simple, not me. But it was awesome that you were so patient with the human race. And in the fullness of time, when the Roman Empire was at its peak, you sent Jesus, born of a virgin, who said over and over and over and over, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John repeated it so many times, it's, it's, it's so redundant, it's, it's crazy. Thank you, Father, for doing that for us. We love you. You have given us life and immortality, and you've brought that to light through the gospel. Thank you for the good news, the gospel, Father. We love you. If there's anyone here who has not responded by faith to that, may Jesus, their Lord, and were baptized, I would pray that they will move and move now before it's too late. In the name of Jesus, with many thank yous today, Father, for just being back with my brothers.
the church. Amen.